We have a Headlines exclusive today with Columbia College Confessions, and the Department of Labor will now oversee CFAC's next election. Go what Columbia looks like! This is what Columbia looks like! Published since 1973. I'll give my life for this cause, and I will die for this cause. This is Chronicle Headlines. This is Yasmin Shika here, and we have a Headlines exclusive today. Some of you may have heard of the Instagram user Columbia College Confession. The page is dedicated to sharing confessions of Columbia College students without releasing their identity. The page is just shy of 200 followers and holds over 30 confessions with accusations, remarks, and of course, general confessions about students and the faculty in the college without disclosing their name. The free-for-all platform brings many questions to mind. To give us all we need to know about the page and what their overall mission is, I have here with me the creators of Columbia College Confession. The Chronicle has verified the identities of the creators, but to protect the identities of the creators, we will be using pseudonyms. Here I have with me Elizabeth, James, and Nicole. Now, like I said, these are fake names, but this is what we will be referring to them as throughout the interview. So let's, you know, dive right into it. What is this page? Um, so basically we made this page as just an outlet for people to post confessions, secrets, whatever they wanted to say, but we wanted to make sure that their identity was private to us and everyone who looked at the page. When did it start? Uh, it started one night that us three were just hanging out and I don't we weren't even doing anything in particular but we were looking at one of those other like general college confession pages and we we just we literally said wouldn't it be funny if Columbia had a specific one and within like five minutes we had put the page up interesting interesting so what is the purpose for the page and what's the overall goal of the page I think the main purpose is to just give an outlet for students. Um, if you look, there's many other universities that have their own types of pages. I have friends who run other pages at other universities, much bigger than ours, like some with 10,000 followers and constantly have stuff coming in. And they found this a great way for students to debate certain topics that they feel generalized across the entire campus. And I think that's our overall goal is just kind of like create these conversations that people feel can connect with others about. So how does the submission process work? So um, there is, if you go onto the Instagram page, there's a link that sends you to an anonymous um, like answering page basically. So you can just put in anything. You don't put, doesn't, don't have to put in your name. It doesn't record anything that you've done. All you do is you write your confession, you submit it, we get it all completely anonymously. We review it. We see if it's something that won't harm somebody else, and then we put it on the page so that students can talk about it. Now, this is anonymous. Um, does anyone else know other than you three? We have like two friends that know. That we we told them we were at first we were gonna we thought we were so cool we we're like we're gonna keep it a secret and then we were just we thought it was so funny that we eventually told like two maybe one maybe three people but that that's pretty much it. Now, did they have any opinions about the page? They just thought we were stupid. <laughs> so, how does your page differ from other Columbia Confession pages? 
though our page is completely anonymous for everyone and the other columbia pages that we've seen um they're not anonymous to the person who runs it so if you submit something that person knows who you are and what you're saying so that's what i like about ours it's a secret for everyone so no one's exposed in any way what are some types of confessions that have been received we've had some really wild ones like stuff about you know like like sex and stuff but then there's just been some like general complaints just like oh this person chews too loud in one of my classes and so it really it feels like sometimes it's like things that people have really been dying to get off their chest and then some stuff that it was just like a petty thought that day so there's kind of a wide range of what we've seen do you share every confession that you receive um we definitely don't share every confession mostly because sometimes people's names are put into the confession and we don't really want this to be an exposed account. So when we get a submission that says, oh, this person with their first and last name has been doing that, we'll normally alter it to say my roommate or somebody I know or somebody I saw was doing this type of thing. So it is shared, just reworded? Yeah, I'd say that's probably better. I think there have been a few confessions that people have posted that has just like, it's not really sounds mean but it's not like interesting or even like a confession it's just something random that they wanted to put on instagram so sometimes i don't share those if i feel like no one's going to be interested or entertained Mm -hmm. how do you know when a confession is credible we don't (laughs) that's the thing we've actually put a few of our a few things that are on the page are things that we have confessed that was kind of how we got the ball rolling is that we were like hey if other people are going to expect to put their confessions we should put some of ours so there are like a few little things in there that are from us that we actually put on there so we know that what we put is true but honestly we just kind of we put whatever people tell us we never know we don't have facts or anything so if there were to be a really big accusation would you post it not knowing if it's credible or not i think it depends on how specific the details are yeah i think that's been why we don't put names and stuff like that in it as well is because we don't want to act like actually have an accusation against somebody because we don't know the truth about it or not so which is why we try and generalize that type of things and then if other people comment saying oh i've experienced this as well and stuff like that then we know that it's a much more broad thing um and i think on the point that we were putting stuff that we'd like you know confess to each other before helped start the ball rolling and also kind of gave other people examples of stuff that we would be posting and if there was a certain line that would you know we wouldn't go across and stuff like that so what is the line that you wouldn't cross i definitely think anything that's extremely like illegal that would if we get a confession like that would have to be you know spoken about with somebody in some sort of power or something like that like if there's an allegation against somebody for doing like horrendous things then obviously we wouldn't just post that on because that's not what we're trying to use this for yeah we don't want to hurt anyone is really the main thing like that's why we don't want to use names either like we don't want anyone to feel like they're being attacked with this page like that's not what it's for it's for fun so if someone's trying to use it to submit something to hurt someone or because they're mad like that's not the kind of thing we want to be spreading Mm -hmm. And I think one more thing is that we haven't gotten this yet, but even if someone had confessed something and they didn't have their name, they didn't have someone else's name in the confession, but we thought that it was something that it would be a harmful thing to post, then we just wouldn't post it. You, You know, sometimes being anonymous, like it still could be something that could be hurtful. So 
we haven't gotten anything like that, but I think if we did, we just would choose not to post it. Yeah, has anybody um, maybe called out the page or sent you a DM pertaining to a post? No. Have we had any call-outs? Someone tried just DMing us a confession, and we had to, like, DM back and be like, hey, no, we want it to be anonymous. Like, no, don't do that. But I don't think we've had anyone, like, call us out for anything. It's been mainly just people just either sending stuff and they're just being like, oh, that's funny. I think the Twitter page, the Columbia Confessions one, posted about us and was asking people if they knew anything about us or who we were. I didn't know that. But, like, it wasn't really, like, a call-out. It was just like, hey, like, I don't know this other site. Do you guys know them? And I just scrolled past and ignored it. (laughs) So is there a bit of a competitiveness between the confession pages, would you say? No. I don't think so because we're, like, we're just different. Like, we have a different approach to it. Like, that person, I guess, posts a little bit different stuff. Hers is more, or theirs, I don't know if it's a boy or girl, but theirs is, like, it's more school-based and it's a lot more, like, debate on that page. Ours is more, like, gossip or, like, a lot of ours have been, like, sexual. That's what people have been posting, and I don't see that as much on the Twitter. So what are some confessions that you've received that really stuck out to you, whether you shared it or not, that you're willing to discuss right now? There was one that straight up, they put their name and someone else's name, and I don't remember what the actual confession was, but it was something like... It was something about um, showering with a cook or something like that. Yeah, that were, it was like something that was inappropriate or something like that, and they tried really like calling out this person. And I don't think we... Did we end up posting no, it? We didn't. No, we didn't post it. Right. Is there any other ones that really stuck out to you? Um, I think there was one about people having sex in this building, actually, and I was, like, I didn't see so surprised. I was like, where? Oh, my God. Like, that one, like, was super shocking to me. I like those. It's fun to, like, <laughs> you find out all these secrets, and you're like, that happens here? Oh, crap. Now, due to the fact that you weren't there for these specific scenarios, such as um, the one that you just um, addressed, there could be um, a lack of credibility with some of these statements, which we've discussed. But what if you were to put out something and maybe the college was offended by what you put out? How would you address the situation? I think just take down whatever it is. Like if they if they said, hey, we have a problem with this post, I think that we just don't. I, this whole page is mainly for fun for the people that for us like to post stuff and for the people that look at it so if the college ever did like dm us and say like hey we we take offense with these certain posts i think we would just take it down and then just maybe put like a thing on an instagram story saying like hey maybe don't put anything too harmful mm-hmm. you know maybe be more general in your confessions because we don't want to like get in trouble or anything we don't want to cause any trouble we're we're literally just here for the fun of it i would like to think too that like because columbia is more of like a liberal school and like they let people be more free to say what they want i would think that there wouldn't be anything we're posting that they would have a problem with but who knows i guess maybe one day we'll find out yeah (laughs) hopefully not yeah (laughs) based on the situational confessions that you receive what are some of the trends at the college would you say um i definitely say that we receive a lot about students complaining about teachers and their interactions between them. Like, I have one here that says an LAS teacher told me I should be a director, not a cinematographer, and I take that as a huge insult. And just that can can always be something that someone wants to get off their chest. And we've seen that a few times, especially on, like, on the page, where um, people feel that 
they're kind of not having the best relationships with certain faculty or stuff like that. But for them, it's also just like, hey, I've experienced this, have anybody else kind of experienced this type of thing? And I think in that aspect, I mean, if we were to continue to get stuff like this and the university ever contacted us about it, we could always just say, well, we have many students that, you know, are experiencing certain problems as well. Like, it could always go back and forth for them. Around how many confessions would you say that you receive? So far, looking on the anonymous page, we received about 70 so far. Um, and I think we've posted 33. So I definitely say there's quite a few that we kind of just neglect and stuff like that. So, What do you think draws people to your page? Um, I think we have a cute image using the moose. <laughs> um, Why the moose? Well, so when we spoke about it, like what should we have it designed as, we kind of wanted it to be like the moose is holding up the confessions as this idea that it's like what you're saying actually has has some some gravity. And so I think that's mostly where it came from. Yeah, it was kind of like what, like, what would everyone see? Like, oh, that's, that's like my Columbia, school, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so everyone walks past that moose. When people are visiting this school, they're like, oh, what's up with the moose? Like, it's always just like this funny thing that people are like, why is that there? So yeah. we figured like that'd be the best picture to represent Columbia. Because we don't have a mascot, so that was the next best thing. And it's it's more, it's cuter to put the moose with the bubble gum than just like a random Columbia-like logo. logo. <laughs> Do you worry about the ethics of running a page like this? If we were smarter, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I mean, if people were posting really bad stuff, I think we would. But, like, everything's been pretty harmless. It's not, like, we follow a bunch of other, like, college confession sites. And, like, theirs are way more detailed, way more intense than ours. So, I mean, if everyone else is kind of doing it, I guess. Like, the group mentality. I don't think Mob it's, mentality. Yeah, I don't think it's harmful. Yeah, I think the most debatable topic we've had so far is somebody posted that um, the climate change protest really got on their nerves and I think that's probably the most debatable slash like ethical questions and stuff like that about people's perception of the world and what's going on and yeah. Oh, we also yeah. got one, I think it was today or yesterday, that was like when they see like a hot girl in the streets and it ends up being like a high school student at Jones Prep. And like, oh, that's I was weird. debating posting that one, but I put like a emoji so that people would know that like our page didn't condone like checking out high schoolers, but also like someone thought it. So I figured I'd put it out there and like... It doesn't say names, so... Beware of that person. Yeah, really. <laughs> Do you think that there could be a situation where someone's identity could be figured out and they could be hurt by a message? Our identities could definitely be figured out. Uh, I mean, definitely. that first night we were joking about it. And I think, yeah, so our identities could be figured out. I don't think anyone else's could... Some stuff has been really broad, unless like you post, if you send us a confession and you post something super specific about the person you are currently living with, then you're going to get find, you know, found out. So I think that the main people that ha are at risk of being exposed are us, mm -hmm. and it wouldn't even really be that devastating. It would just kind of be like, ah, oh, that was a funny thing we did. Yeah, I mean, we've had, we've had confessions about people's roommates being crazy and stuff like that. But I think at that point, like we said, we kind of alter it to be much more of a broader thing so that other people can, you know, connect to it. And in that case, it doesn't really specifically identify somebody that it could be. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's common sense with like what you submit is how like your identity will stay anonymous. Like if you're saying, I went to this place at this time with my roommate and they did this specific thing, well then they're probably gonna know and we would probably change it. But like, it's just kind of being aware, like if you want to stay anonymous, don't post something super specific. This whole page is just a test to see how much common sense Columbia <laughs> students have. <laughs> so would you say that a page like this is potentially detrimental to the college or community? No, I don't think so. I mean, pretty much every other college out there has a page like this. And, like, I'm a transfer. A couple of us are transfers. So, like, we've seen these pages before. And schools have had pages like this that have ran a lot longer than ours. And I don't really think anything harmful has come from most of those. So Yeah, I mean, from friends of mine who run other accounts like these, they've seen a lot of positive things come out about it like um i'm i'm able to follow a few of them mostly because they're my friends that run it and stuff like that but like seeing the stuff that people debate about especially around the world in different countries and stuff that they go through like it becomes a full-on thing and certain situations have been like spoken about with universities that many students are kind of given a voice once it gets some sort of traction. And to give an example, there was a, a big thing at a friend of mine's university about the um, the bus system and how it's been working for for certain university students in the certain campus living and how it wasn't really working for them and traction like that. And it became such a big thing that then the university changed, changed the bus routes for them. And so I definitely feel like it could be used much more for a good thing, but it's also just an escape. So would you say that there is a potential hope that Columbia could benefit from this page? I don't think we have anything too big yet. Like, I don't think we've gotten a tell that's been, like, that big that it would be like, oh, well, we could actually affect some change. But I think right now, like, the smaller stuff would be, like, if you see a tell that it's, like, someone says, oh, my roommate did this thing and it was really annoying and inconsiderate. Maybe someone is like, oh, I've been doing that. I should stop doing that to my roommate. (laughs) So I feel like right now that would be, like the biggest scale because we haven't gotten anything too big or about the college itself but i mean that would be that would be a really cool thing to talk to columbia about if we ever did yeah we haven't discussed it like yet but um possibly we could figure out something where people could submit um like comments anonymously to different posts like if they're too they don't want their name on the post in like the debate we could possibly figure out some way to comment so there could be more of an anonymous debate too that's something to look into Mm-hmm. Is this something that you want to continue after your time at Columbia? I feel like we would give it to someone yeah, that's already like here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I still have two years left here, so I'll definitely be running it for the next two years, hopefully. And then potentially, yeah, find somebody to kind of hand over the reins to and give the account to that we would trust, obviously. Why? Well, I think the big thing is that it's it's a constant change and people kind of want to, you know, have, have a way to put their voice out there without feeling judged because it was them saying it. Yeah, I know we have, like, student forums at Columbia and stuff like that, but that's very, like, it's not anonymous at all. So if you're kind of a more shy person or if it's something that's a sensitive subject, you're not going to want to bring that to, like, the student government or anything like that. And so there's kind of a need for an anonymous venting page, essentially. Well, Elizabeth, James, and Nicole, thank you for coming in. That's all for this story, but stay tuned for more.
We move on over now to a story by co-editor-in-chief Alexandra Yetter that has spawned four letters to the editor after it was published. So Alexandra, there's already a lot of community reaction to this story. I think even one of the quotes in there was, uh, it's like vampires, you have to let them in. Mm -hmm. So to cut through all this confusion, what was your story about? At its core, it was about how the U.S. Department of Labor is going to be overseeing the part-time faculty union's elections this fall. Okay, so is there any, is this a a normal practice? I guess we can start right there, because I know this is a complicated topic, and there's almost 10 people, 10 sources quoted in this story. So is this something you see every day? It's not exactly normal, but it does happen um, a lot more than people would expect. But uh, you'd never want the Department of Labor overseeing um, a union election. But what essentially spawned the department's oversight is uh, two complaints to the Department of Labor earlier this year. And to clarify, are are those complaints from inside the CFAC union? Because this is about Columbia's part-time faculty union, right? Mm -hmm. It was from um, one current member and one expelled member from the Integrity Committee. And essentially they were saying that they don't remember receiving email or print ballots into the past two elections. Okay, so... Even though the the Department of Labor is looking at this election, it's actually about previous elections. Were the complaints, because you said there were two, were they similar in nature or were they two different complaints about the election? They were almost verbatim the same. It was that they hadn't received any information on the 2015 and 2017 elections. And when I spoke to people about this article, they mainly said that the reason they hadn't come forward until now was because they want to make sure that the 2019 election is mm-hmm. fair in their minds. Were you able to speak with the, the two complainees? I was able to speak with one of them. The second one was unnamed. The one that I spoke to was a professor by the name of Michelle Hoffman, who was actually expelled by the Integrity Committee and a committee formed by CFAC last spring who uh, decided to expel her because they thought she was doing... Um, some malpractices for the union. Mm-hmm. And then when we say malpractices for the union, is that coming from the integrity committee? Is that something that other people are saying? Where does that, um, that was, quote come from? It's coming from the actual complaint that was sent to her by, um, at the time she did not know who sent in the complaint, but it basically said that she was saying things to harm the union and the union's president, Diana Valera, during the time when contract negotiations were going on with the college. Okay, so then what actually happened with that complaint? It was, I guess, even before then, uh, Michelle Hoffman Trotter was expelled from the union, is that correct? She was. So when she filed this complaint, was it because she was expelled? Was it when she was in the union? What's the timeline look like? She filed the complaint in... Um, early spring, I believe, and then she had to wait three months for standard mm-hmm. time for CFAC to respond. And during that three months, she alleges that that is when she was expelled from the integrity committee. So she sees it as um, sort of a direct parallel from that mm-hmm. complaint. Um, but that has been denied by CFAC members that I spoke to. Um, and then when she was set to finalize her complaint, Uh, That was when she was officially notified of her expulsion. Okay, so those were previous complaints about past elections. But let's look at the current one that's going on. Mm -hmm. What is the Department of Labor going to do for this CFAC election? Does that mean they'll be, like, you know, counting ballots? Does that mean they'll be sending out emails to CFAC members? What does it look like? They're basically overseeing it. I think one of my sources called it nearly a complete takeover. Um, Although CFAC leadership has stressed that it is not a takeover, CFAC is still running the election, but the Department of Labor is just, again, overseeing it. So that looks like um, 
the, the Department of Labor will be looking at emails that are sent out from official CFAC leadership regarding the election. Um, they'll be helping to count ballots. They've required that all ballots are print and mailed through the post office, which a lot of um, CFAC members who I spoke to were annoyed at because they saw mm-hmm. it as a way to deter voter participation. Okay, so we have one person saying it, it's a complete takeover. Do they elaborate any more on that? Because it, it sounds like not a complete takeover in, in the sense of the word, and what you described, it looks like they are just overseeing it. So do they say anything more? I think in comparison to past elections where it was entirely run by CFAC leadership, it can seem like a lot is now going to be um, run through Department of Labor, specifically with the fact that official election emails need to be sent through the Department of Labor first. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not necessarily a complete takeover because the union president will still be um, convening the elections committee and so on. And then to touch on what you said almost at the beginning of this segment is that this is not super common, but the Department of Labor has done this before. So there's, they're probably experienced in how to manage these elections. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, they've they've done this before. This is uh, standard for when complaints happen, um, according to an, an expert I spoke to for this article. A lot of the members that I spoke to for this article were also comforted by the fact that the Department of Labor is going to be overseeing it. So there were mixed reactions even within... The, the union, whether they liked it or not liked it. But did you get a hold of anyone from the Department of Labor to get any specifics on what's going on with uh, this election? I spoke with the department um, on background, but they don't tend to comment on um, currently going matters. Mm-hmm. And then uh, before we go, I want to look more at the reaction of CFAC members because it sounds like a standard process that has happened before mm-hmm. when a complaint is filed. But you have some members very upset and some members don't seem to mind. Were there any other reactions across the board? Those were the two reactions that we saw. But I was most taken aback by the reaction after we published the article. And that happened um, around Friday night when we started getting letters to the editor. Mm. And we got, I think, four letters to the editor over the course of two days just in response to this article. And then a letter to the editor, for anyone who doesn't know, is essentially a reader or anyone writing a letter to the editors about the article. And it's something that could get published on ColumbiaChronicle.com. There are guidelines and all that for how you could publish your own letter to the editor. So if you have any sort of thoughts or comments on our coverage, you can always do that. And you said we have four of them. Who were they from? Just in general, I don't need specific names, but was it... Uh, union members, just a reader who saw it and thought it was something interesting? Two of them were from steering committee members, which are officers within um, the CFAC leadership. And then the two follow-up were, one was from a, a current member and one was for a member in, in not in good standing. Mm-hmm. And were any of those members quoted in the article? Um, no, actually, uh, they were not. So what did they have to say? They were basically responding to some of the things that other members who were included in the article, and there was a handful of them, like you mentioned in the beginning, and saying that they were just responding to some of the quotes that were said. There were some colorful Mm -hmm. quotes as far as journalism goes. I know you mentioned the vampires. Um, So they were really responding to what other members said. So the the vampire quote, what was that in reference to? Because it's an interesting way to to grab the listeners here, but what's the context to that? It is. It was essentially about there's a bit of debate over whether the Department of Labor was voluntarily let in or more so um, threatened to being let in by a potential lawsuit if they weren't allowed to oversee the election. It was more if we don't see the election, CFAC would get sued by the Department of Labor? Yes, as is standard practice. So that's not original. It's just what happens. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and one of the members who I spoke to who was not so thrilled about the Department of Labor being there said that they're like vampires. They have to invite them in, which is sort of like the cultural thing of you have to invite vampires into your home before they're allowed to step uh, in. So you'd have to invite the Department of Labor of in mm-hmm. to your election. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to step in is what they were trying exactly, to get at. Exactly, yes. Okay, I, th- I think the vampire way is a definitely more interesting way to say it. Uh, but I know this story took months, weeks. I'm not sure how long it took you to report. So is there any information we're missing or anything that we should be touching on here? It was it was about three weeks of reporting. Um, and the content included in my article, I'd say it's about 20% of what I was actually told for interviews and research. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a ton more. Specifically, there was the expert I spoke to who um, we did not include in the article for word count. And he essentially just said that um, this isn't standard practice um, for a lot of unions to have these complaints, um, specifically on elections possibly not happening. Um, but he said it is standard practice that the Department of Labor would do these sort of things. So we have a lot of sources saying a lot of things. And we've been talking for about 10 minutes now, and I feel like there's still so much more to tell. So you can go to ColumbiaChronicle.com to read the full story. You can also pick it up at one of the newsstands throughout the uh, the campus or the city. And you can read all the letters to the editor. There's just a lot of stuff to cover. But Alexandra, uh, thanks for coming in today. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Chronicle Headlines. You can check out all of these stories and more in our print edition available on campus on our website, ColumbiaChronicle.com, and additional coverage on social media. We are at CC Chronicle on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, and The Chronicle on Facebook and YouTube. Chronicle Headlines is made possible with the collaboration of our staff of the Columbia Chronicle and WCRX-FM, Chicago's Underground, under the leadership of the Communications Department of Columbia College Chicago, Suzanne McBride, Chair. Chronicle Headlines is produced and hosted by Yasmin Shika and Blaze Mesa. Go what Columbia looks like! This is what Columbia looks like! Published since 1973. I'll give my life for this cause, and I will die for this cause. This is Chronicle Headlines.